Hey, what's up, folks? Welcome to another edition of Talking Ball. I am Lifetime Longhorn Rod Babers, joined by Lifetime Longhorn C.J. Vogel, too. Got to show that love, baby. Uh, no doubt. C.J.'s been busy, so C.J., I'm glad you had the time, man, to sit down with us during Talking Ball. Uh, you've been busy is a good thing because you got all the nuggets, and there's a lot going on on the 40 acres, so we'll try to hit as much as we can about all the news. Uh, we'll get into, uh, obviously, some discussion about the departures on the 40 acres, uh, about guys who are deciding to stay on the the 40 acres uh lots of hit here in your uh latest version of talking ball before we get started though shout out to our sponsor john donovan president of longhorn wealth management group we love these folks they have been supporting us and they're doing great work they'll do great work for you too john is a proud texas ex's life member and his wife and all of his uh, six of john's siblings are also ut grads so it is a deep longhorn family tradition and legacy that John has led him to dedicate his firm to providing total wealth management for Texas alumni, employees, family, and friends. John is a certified financial planner who has spent over 30 years, folks, 30 years providing investment, retirement, insurance, and estate planning services and solutions to all of his clients. Longhorn Wealth is repeating its offer to extend each and every Longhorn alumni, employee, or fan a free 90-minute consultation to explore how how Longhorn Wealth can help you develop and maximize your tax-free and your tax-efficient financial future. So please give Don, John Donovan a call and his Longhorn Wealth team a call at 972-707-4900 or visit longhornwealth.net. That's 972-707-4900 or visit longhornwealth.net. All right, uh, let's dive into all of these nuggets. Let's start with some of the news that happened earlier in the week. Uh, early in the week, we did learn that Xavier Worthy uh, was indeed uh, deciding to declare for the NFL draft. Uh, he's not the only one, but let's start there. Uh, what are your thoughts about X-Man deciding to uh, forego the rest of his eligibility and hit the NFL draft? Yeah, well-deserved. You know, that decision came pretty quickly after uh, the Sugar Bowl, so it, it wasn't much for a debate for for Xavier Worthy. And, you know, I don't think there was much question about it. You know, he he came in, put three years on tape, three really good years on tape, and is going to be leaving as one of the best, most decorated wide receivers in Texas football history. So I, I, I have to tip my cap. I think all Texas Longhorn fans should be grateful for the three years that Worthy was on campus for. And as I mentioned, you know, he's, he's third all time in touchdown receptions. I think he's fourth uh, in, in total yards at the receiver spot. So uh, I, I might have that flipped, but regardless, a top five wide receiver to ever play for the Texas Longhorns. Uh, one that did uh, an incredibly important job of laying the foundation for what Steve Sarkeesian wanted to do when he got here, you know, attract big time talent and get them on the field immediately. He was Sar Sarkeesian's first uh, commit. And we, we're sitting here talking about how important he was for the last three seasons. So uh, I, I'm excited for Xavier Worthy. I hope he goes out and finds a team, a situation where he gets the ball pretty often so uh, we can sit here and celebrate more touchdowns and, and, and more big plays. Yes, he's uh, sixth in career receptions, third in career touchdowns, uh, fifth in uh, career receiving yards. He's got two spots on the top ten uh, best single season touchdown campaign, second and ninth. Yeah, uh, pretty damn good. I would say he's definitely a top five all time receiver in Texas. Uh, I would say he's got a case to be in the top three. I'll, it'll probably be really hard for anybody to ever surpass Jordan Shipley, who's the GOAT, in my opinion. And then after him, I think it's Roy Williams. Uh, I'm sure if you want to flip those, you can flip those. Uh, but Xavier Woods has got a pretty good case as one Absolutely. of the best receivers in Texas football history. 
Uh, what are your thoughts about where he'll get drafted? I've seen, you know, anywhere from late first round to second round. I think because it's a deep wide receiver draft and it's really deep. I mean, they're talking about potentially three wide receivers going in the top 10. Uh, Marvin Harrison Jr. going as high as number two or three overall. I mean, uh, that's really crazy. But uh, there are a lot of receivers in this draft that might push him down a little bit. What are your thoughts about where X-Man may land? Yeah, I think he's a surefire second-round pick. Um, like you said, it's a very deep wide receiver class. You talk about Malik Neighbors, obviously Roma Dunze, Marvin Harrison Jr., uh, and obviously his own teammate, A.D. Mitchell, should he declare for the draft as well. Yeah. Those are all guys that are going to clog up the wide receiving, uh, you know, needy teams, if you will. So I think if we go out and we see a 4-4 or sub 4-4 for Xavier Worthy, that's going to lock up a day two pick. I see anywhere right now from 35 to 55, uh, kind of in that range on day two. But uh, to, again, to Xavier Worthy's credit, to, to have been in this position after just three years, incredible. You know, great growth, great production on the field. And it's not a knock to not be a first round pick, you know, because there's only 32 of them. Um, Come on. So yeah. I, I, I certainly think Right now, he put enough tape, uh, you know, out there for NFL scouts to say we can take him day two and be completely happy. Yep. No, I agree with you. I think he's a second round pick. And I think honestly, it's a better situation for him. Uh, it's a good chance a team, a good team would trade up in the second round to get an Xavier Yeah. Fingers crossed for uh, the Kansas City Chiefs because they need a lot of wide receivers. <laughs> uh, let's talk about uh, Jonathan Brooks. He also made his decision uh, declared for the NFL draft as well. Uh, Jonathan Brooks obviously dealt with the season-ending injury um, that ended his what, what should have been a Doak Walker award-winning campaign for him. Uh, it was not, but he still had a hell of a season. I'll give you some stats a little bit uh, later on here in our discussion about Jonathan Brooks. But he's deporting CJ for the NFL. Running back has been devalued. We all know that in the NFL. Uh, even if you are going to you are a first round talent still hard to be drafted in the first round these days as a running back. You had two of them last year, Jameer Gibbs, and of course, B. John Robinson. Uh, what are your thoughts about Jonathan Brooks departing uh, and what that does for the, uh, the running back room? Number one, uh, but number two is prospects in the NFL. Seeking the truth never gets old. Introducing June's journey, the free to play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the Roaring Twenties. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device, or play on PC through Facebook games. Yeah, I mean, it's certainly a double-edged sword with Jonathan Brooks, because you look at it, like you said, running backs have been devalued. There's kind of a, a shorter shelf life with running backs, as, as we've already mentioned. And now he's entering the draft after a season where he's got a bit of a a flattened tire, if you will. So uh, that that's unfortunate to start. However, he played well enough and was in the conversation to be the Doak Walker Award winner, to be a first-team All-American, uh, certainly a first-team All-Conference Big 12 running back prior to his injury. There was already that conversation occurring. He skyrocketed up, you know, uh, big boards midway through the season. Uh, I Again, I, I keep going back to it. I was told that there were several NFL scouts who have him as the number one running back in the class, and that's even after – uh, the, the Texas in, uh, running back's injury to his ACL. So I, I'm excited for Jonathan Brooks. I think it, it is the right decision because there's no guarantee that he comes back for another year and does not get hurt again. So go out there, get your guaranteed money, get your guaranteed uh, contract, and let's see this NFL ball keep rolling with Texas running backs. And so yeah. that, that leads to the next point. How exciting is it that Texas is really becoming 
that top premiered program for running backs again. You know, it, there's I don't want to say there was ever a hiatus uh, because there were some tremendous running backs. You go back and you look at Deontay Foreman, uh, mm-hmm. obviously Cedric Griff, uh, who am I thinking here? Um, Benson. Benson, yeah, sorry. Malcolm Brown, those guys. Yeah, plenty of them. I mean, yep. uh, there's always been, uh, you know, even Fozzie. You know, there, there, there wasn't guys who really took a step back from the production and the name of being a Texas running back uh, to jumping into the NFL. So I'm excited that th- this continues with being, you know, one of the first or second running backs off the board for continuous seasons. That's going to, again, help to charge choice. who probably doesn't need any help on the recruiting trail, but be able to go out there and handpick whoever he wants year in and year out. Yeah, to your point, um, basically pro football says he's still the top running back on their big board overall, uh, which is good news for him. He won't be able to work out the way the timeline of the injury, so, but he'll be able to go interview, which is really good. Hopefully he can go interview and he'll interview well. Uh, but yeah, t- to your point, though, about Jonathan Brooks, what's going to help him? is there does seem to be that the running back room for Texas now has a reputation. I mean, what are the, I don't say what are the odds, but man, what are, you know, for Texas, what an accomplishment for that running back room to be considered the best running back room potentially in the country for three years in a row. Right. It was like, you know, Bijan and Rojo for two years back to back. And then after they leave, the assumption was there will be regression and, there wasn't that much regression. Not a lot. I mean, it's, right? It it should have been a lot, but it wasn't. And I think a lot of that's because of Jonathan Brooks. I'll give you a stat here. Shout out to my man, uh, Christian Corona, does a great job with stats. Jonathan Brooks was one of 10 running backs this year to average six-plus yards per carry on 175-plus carries while running for 10-plus touchdowns. Of those 10, Brooks was one of two to also catch 25 passes and average 10-plus yards per catch the only power five back to do it. And he did it wow. in 10 games more impressively. Uh, nice. That's a nice stats there, but it just shows you. And in the last eight games, over a thousand yards in just the last eight games, 6.4 yards per carry, nine touchdowns, 22 receptions, uh, averaging 10.9 yards per catch. Only eight other running backs ran for as many yards while also having as many receiving yards for the entire season. And none averaged as many yards per carry and receptions as Brooks. So he, I mean, he is, uh, he's elite. I mean, there's no doubt about it. He, and I'm, I'm with you. He put enough on film that if you're, if you're an NFL scout, an NFL team, and you can invest in him, they've expanded practice squads. You can stay on him longer. I think he's a guy I'd put on a practice squad for like a year. Just let him heal. Not that he can't make a roster. No, he can make a roster. Uh, but I want him to be healthy. I'm with you. I don't want re-injury. Um, so I'd put him out there, let him get healthy. And then I'd, that's when I would probably break him out and you would get great value because the chances are you're probably going to get him in the third round, somewhere around there, just because the, the value will get pushed down because of the running back position and also because of his injury. So either way, that guy's an NFL running back. I think we all agree. <laughs> yeah, no doubt. All right, let's uh, continue because there's a lot of different uh, news and nuggets uh, coming from the 40 acres. Um, okay, let me ask you about this. So we're talking about departures and that's, those are the only two confirmed well byron murphy i take that back byron let's talk murphy. Byron murphy really quickly byron murphy confirmed that he's leaving but i think that was a foregone conclusion what are your thoughts about byron murphy uh that defensive uh, line room it will kind of lead us into uh i think a segue into departures and also departures via the transfer report and that guy's who are just heading to the nfl uh because the interior d line room got some good news some bad news and then some uncertain news Byron Murphy leaving, I guess for Texas fans, that's good and bad news. Uh, Alfred Collins returning, that's really good news. Um, and then Trill Carter, 
uh, really kind of uncertain about how that's going to affect the D-line room. Let's take all those topics and let's kind of put them all together, CJ, and talk about the interior D-line for Texas. Yeah, you know, it's a lot. Yeah. It sure is. <laughs> and so the the biggest question mark I have right now is, does Texas have enough bodies on the interior to continually play through their four or five-man rotation, which we have seen throughout the duration of the season uh, in the middle of that defensive line. Do they have enough bodies and do they have enough talent to maintain what we saw this year as uh, an elite run-stopping approach to the Texas defense? That's going to be the big question. I know that Texas staff really, really thinks highly about what they have behind the scenes with Sadir Mitchell, uh, Jeray Bledsoe, Aaron Mm -hmm. Bryant, these guys that are, you know, really – starting to to come into their own body, really starting to grow and develop uh, the way that Bo Davis wants and prefers, but there's not a lot of experience there. And so when you take out a Devondre Sweat, a Byron Murphy, and now a Troll Carter, things get, you know, a little dicey because there's not a lot of on-field production. There's not a a lot of experience. Like you said, Rod, I think Alfred Collins, should he return, that's one of the biggest wins for Texas this entire offseason. No matter who who else they had, uh, they add, uh, you know, the 2024 class coming in as well. <coughs> Excuse me. Alfred Collins coming back is massive because yep. we saw just that leap that Tavondre Sweat took from year four to year five, winning the Outland and now being in consideration for a, a day one, day two pick as well. So I'm not saying that's going to be the same path and trajectory of Alfred Collins, but if anyone can do it and make that leap, it's the guy that came in with five stars and all the untapped raw potential in the world that we've seen from the Bass Trap Native. So that's a huge victory for Texas. And we're going to have to see just how much of a jump he is able to make. But I'd like to get your thoughts because there's not a whole lot of depth there right now. How yeah. concerning is that for you that, you know, Texas will be entering the SEC with, you know, a, a bit of a question mark at that spot? I agree because we, you know, this defense, the identity of it, the last two years has been built on, arguably the best D-tackle room in the country. I mean, the, at least the deepest D-tackle room in the country. And I think it's promising that Moro Ojimo and Kendra Colburn both had breakout campaigns, right, two years ago. And then you get Byron Murphy and Sweat having breakout campaigns this year. So the hope is that uh, Alfred Collins and someone else, you know, maybe Vernon Broughton, whoever it may be, uh, Sadir Mitchell you brought up, that they're going to have a breakout campaign here. You got the best interior D-line coach in the country in Bo Davis. You know that. Uh, and obviously his, his resume speaks for itself. But in front of you, if you're Alfred Collins, you've seen it. <laughs> you've actually gotten a chance to see. You've been yeah. in the same room watching the growth and the, the transformation of these players in front of you. So I, I know why he came back because he's thinking, man, if that guy can make me the best version of myself like he did for Sweat and Murphy and like he did for Coburn, like he did for more Ojimo, man, the sky's the limit. Guys, the truth is if you're just looking at measurables, all right, we're just looking at tangible data points, just a physical, um, the physical skill set, the physical traits. He's probably got a higher upside just off his physical traits than any of the D linemen that have come up before him in that same room. But the yeah, Kim Kardashian, Nicki Minaj, Serena Williams size, Cardi B size, making the stadium size. But you know, <laughs> potential is just a word if you can't find a way to obviously close that gap between your potential and your achievement. And I think for him, the consistency is what we want to see. We see flashes from him and we go, wow, 
Man, that's why he could have went to the NFL and somebody would have taken a chance on him, no doubt. Look at his body and look at the flashes. But if you can turn that those flashes into consistency, then you're talking about potentially being one of the best D-linemen in the country. We haven't seen that. And he's a guy that potentially, if he does reach his ceiling, he should be playing multiple shades. He shouldn't just be inside. You should be able to move him around the front. You should be, depending on the matchup, depending on obviously what team you're playing, how they want to approach offense, you should be able to move him around. He's got that kind of body and he's got that kind of skill set. He just hasn't been able to consistently put that tenacity, that intensity, um, that nasty on film. Like Byron Murphy is a, Byron Murphy is nasty. Like I, he's a nasty, mean guy. And and even Jaron Thompson, he said, no, that guy's mean. He's a mean person. Right. No, on the football field, I'm sure off the field, he's yeah. really nice and gentleman, but on the field, he's a mean dude, man. And I think, and to Vondre Sweat, I think you got to be able to flip that switch. And I think for him, that's going to be the challenge. But if I, anybody I, can bring I, it out, it's Bo Davis because Bo Davis is mean. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no kidding. I've been workshopping this take a little bit, and I almost think that that Alfred Collins interception, the one handed interception in the bowl game against Colorado, was almost the worst thing for him because that wow. set expectations. So, you know, so tremendously high that, wow. you know, sometimes there's a learning curve in the trenches that you just can't overcome, regardless of how talented or raw or physically and, and impressive you are. So I, I look at that and I, I remember thinking after I was like, Interesting. this guy's three and done. This guy's a freak. But that's not always the case. And especially on the interior defensive line, you never know just how fine tuned someone is with the pass rushing techniques uh, the hands game, which was a weakness for Collins coming into, mm-hmm. into college, it's it's taken time. And we've seen that with Sweat, obviously Murphy, Coburn, Ojimo, all these guys were on the field for a number of time, uh, number of years. Collins was actually pretty good this year uh, when on the field. He was yeah. just obviously hidden behind Sweat and Murphy. So I'm excited to see him with a full slate, uh, 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 basically an entire offseason of saying, you're the man. Now go out there and play it because – there's no one else behind you that we feel can play as well as you. So that's what I'm really looking forward to right now. I like that, that hot take. I would retweet that hot take. I would favor it. <laughs> that's good. That's a, that's a nice take, but I like that. Uh, all right, all right moving, moving on here. Let's uh, continue. Okay. Real quick, just a quick one. Quinn's announcement hasn't come yet. Everybody knows he's coming back. I mean, that's a foregone conclusion. Everybody believes it. If it's, if it's, if there's a decision to make, it's 95, five or something like that. Is it possible that he's not going to make an announcement and he's just thinking, you know what, why should I have to make an announcement? I mean, you know, if I was going to the league, that's when I'd make an announcement. But right now, the assumption is I'm coming back. Is that what's going on? Or is he prepping the hype video? Did he have to change it because he was thinking national title and they they lost? So, yeah, what's going on with the announcement? Is just not having one and not having an announcement? And that certainly could be the case, you know, scrubbing some of the clips of, of, <laughs> of the uh, the expected trophy celebration and whatever. I mean, it, it, it could be the case. Um, Quinn, I mean, as we've all seen throughout his entire career here, not a big media guy, not a big flashy light bulbs or, you know, a guy that is eager really to go talk to the media. I like look at that sugar bowl photo of Arch with all the, the, the media scrum and Quinn looking back over his shoulder, looking like, oh, all right, as something that Quinn was probably pretty happy about. So, it, it wouldn't surprise me to not see a, an announcement at all and just see it kind of leaked out, uh, yeah. what, either it be through his camp or, you know, f- from Texas itself making a decision as well or making a release. So I don't know. I, that's a good question, but that's – Yeah. But, no, his personality, you're right about that. His disposition, if he doesn't put out one, it actually fits. It tracks. Yeah. 
Because yeah, he's just kind of understated. He, that stuff doesn't really matter to Quinn. Um, okay, just something I want to throw out there. All right, uh, since we're wrapping things up, coming close to wrapping things up either, uh, we talked about uh, a lot of different things. I want to ask you about uh, Jay Witt's message. Uh, he put out a message to the to the, the fans. He's uh, exhausted his eligibility, obviously. Um, but it was a really sentimental message. It was really cool. Um, I, I don't know. Listen, I don't know if, if, if this has penetrated the locker room or if this is something that great minds think alike. But about five or six years ago, I started throwing it out there. And I, I've told you this, too. Um, there are two types of Texas football players, the guys that come to play for Texas and the guys that come to play at Texas. In his statement, in his message, he says, I am honored to be a guy that came to play for Texas, not at Texas. I've been using that for probably seven years now, that take. That's been one of my takes for about seven years. I don't know if me and Jay Wood just think alike or it is penetrated, but I love it. Um, I'm a bigger Jay Witt fan. As a matter of fact, I'm going to have a conversation with Jay Witt this, coming up this weekend. We're going to do a third Longhorns uh, special edition with my man Jay Witt. Um, but, but but this is what I want to say about Jay Witt. And I, I think I went off about this before, but he's been kind of a walking testimony for that team and his sacrifice and commitment to try to be the best person he can be, the best player he can be, so that the team will benefit from it, so that he can be he can help the team as much as he can. And that attitude, I'm here to play for. Um, and here was my take. And years ago, when I said the same thing. It's, it's like the old JFK quote, right? Ask not what your country can do for you, but what you can do for your country. Same premise. Ask not what Texas can do for you, but what you can do for Texas. The Rojos and the Jay Wits, they want to know what I can do for Texas. How can I help Texas? How, what can I do to leave this program better than I found it? And the at Texas guys, they want to know, hey, man, what am ACL tickets at? What if South by Southwest tickets at? Hey, man, my social media got to be popping. What am NIL dollars at? All right. Where is it? I need to know. And, and listen, I played with both. By the time I left, we had more for Texas guys than at Texas guys. But Jay Witt, and by the way, Texas right now, I think got more for Texas guys too. But Jay Witt's a culture bearer. And ever since Rojo, I've been using this term too. Someone who walks around that locker room and walks around that program and they, they bear the burden of the culture. All right, they bear it on their shoulders constantly. They ain't even got to be the best player on the team or the best player in that room. Rojo wasn't, Jay Witt ain't, but they embody the culture because culture is just habits. What you do every day, same attitude, same tenacity, same vigor, attacking it, trying to conquer it, obsessive with the process. That's Jay Witt. He changed his diet. He changed his physiology. He changed his workout. He changed his habits, getting there earlier, staying late, just so he can warm up and warm down properly. And it all results in him being able to play through a season. Everybody watched his struggles. We did. Players in the locker room did too. They also watched the work he put in to transform and transmogrify his skill set and his body so that he could play on the team. And they watched him play every game without complaining about targets and target share, just blocking for his teammates. If Brendan Marion was right and you show your love for your teammates by what you do without the football, then Jay Witt has, he loves his teammates more than anybody else on that team. I don't think I can put any type of words to add on to that because I think you touched it all. Uh, the the one point I do want to add is, I mean, he came in as a guy who set records for rushing and touchdowns in the state championship at Cuero just to move positions or, or, or get acclimated to a new spot full time and, and fully embrace that. You know, he wasn't a me, 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 as we've seen and talked about. Uh, but it was, like you said, 
a total team guy, total what can I do to help the team? You know, and I look at Roshan Johnson and Jordan Winnington as really the two pillars of guys that have embodied that for Texas. You know, Roshan mm-hmm. came in, changed quarterback to running back right away. Everything he did, he was on special teams, kickoff, punt, whatever. He was there to help the team win games. And, you know, I don't think you can ever truly have enough of those guys in the in the locker room. But when those guys are as, you know, kind of revered and, 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 and appreciated as a Jordan Winnington and a Roshan Johnson – it only helps, you know, encapsulate that culture, you know, down to the, the the newest incoming freshmen. So I I think, excuse me, every Texas fan should be looking at Jordan Whittington with appreciation for what he's done in his five years as a Texas Longhorn because it's very rare to see that nowadays, especially for a guy who was, you know, so, you know, uh, award, you know, had so many medals, accolades, awardments, yeah. achievements. Yep. coming out of high school that, you know, it, it could have been very easy for him to not have seen the field right away and say, you know, someone else down the road will want me. But credit to yep. Jordan Winnington, uh, a lifetime Longhorn, a Longhorn legend, whatever you want to call it. He was a per- perfect encapsulation of what Texas culture under Steve Sarkeesian wanted to be and has now become. Yep, and like you say, he wanted to be here. He could transfer and, and thought, you know what, fresh start, somewhere new, somewhere they I can get more targets, they'll value me more, like Rojo. Hell, nobody would have blamed you for transferring. Matter right. of fact, a lot of people expected you to transfer, yeah. and he didn't because he wanted to be at Texas. Sorry, he wanted to play for Texas. I apologize. He didn't want to be at you know I mean, you know the difference. All right, uh, last subject here. I want to ask you about this because we were talking about it in the, uh, the pre-show kind of conversation. The Oklahoma Sooners made a – they made a staff change. As a matter of fact, I don't know if it's a mutually parting of ways or if it's Brent Venables deciding to make a change, but their defensive coordinator and linebackers coach, Ted Roof, um, is no longer going to be responsible for the defense. He's moving on. Uh, Brent Venable's making changes, and they've already brought, they've already hired a guy. They yeah. already hired, yeah, I can't believe this is fast. Apparently, they already hired a 30 uh, year old prodigy. Uh, apparently, Zach Allen, Zach Alley is his name from Jacksonville State as a DC. Wow, that's, yeah. that's Brent Venable's in his second year already making that change. Yeah, very, very quick on the search. Uh, Venables clearly knew where he wanted to go with making this move. Uh, the word behind the scenes is Venables wanted a more hands-off approach to coaching the defense. Uh, and so he went out and added Zach Alley out of Jacksonville State, who had a pretty good year for, for Jacksonville State. Uh, Venables, you know, the, the steps that defense took from this year uh, went from 30 points per game to about 23 and a half, right outside the top 40 in the country. So you see the improvement. But this is a lot that Oklahoma's going to have to – you know, go into the SEC with with new faces. You know, they're going to have a first-time starting quarterback. They're going to be replacing four or five offensive linemen from a year ago, brand-new offensive coordinator, and now a brand-new defensive coordinator. Yeah. And while that won't change a whole lot, it's still going to be Venables' defense. It's going to be a new guy to sit there in the huddle and, and practice, you know, wondering how do I relate to him? How do I get my points across? How do I ask questions? There's a lot that goes into familiarity. And I'm looking at Texas right now with same head coach, D coordinator, you know, offensive coordinator and a third year Quinn Ewers thinking, wow, this is, you know, we're, Texas is losing a lot, but thank goodness those positions are locked up for right now because that's going to be point. a pretty big hurdle once SEC play, play get, uh, starts going and gets going week in and week out. That's a great point about the continuity uh, and Sark being the play caller. You know, Flood and him are pretty much tied, so he's got you got your OC. 
your DC Pete Kwiatkowski. Sorry, a lot of people wanted pressure on him to move on from PK. Now PK is shining, doing a great job. Uh, and he's and, and I, there was some interest, I thought, from the West Coast about some job openings for PK, but PK yep. stuck around. And Jeff Banks, you got your special teams coordinator who's also been there too. You're right about that, man. That's a great point there, CJ, about the continuity uh, with Texas. All right, before we get out of here, let's thank our sponsors once again. Uh, thank you to John Donovan, president of Longhorn Wealth Management Group. John is a proud Texas Exes Life member, and his wife and all six of John's siblings are also UT grads. Baby, that is a legacy if I ever heard of one. This is a deep Longhorn tradition uh, in this family, and that led John to dedicate his firm to providing total wealth management for Texas. Texas alumni, employees, family, and friends. That's right. He's all about the family. John is a certified financial planner who has spent over 30 years, 30 years, folks, providing investment, retirement, insurance, and estate planning services and solutions to all of his clients. Longhorn Wealth is repeating its offer right now. They're going to extend each and every Longhorn alumni out there right now listening uh, and watching, uh, employee or fan, a free 90-minute consultation. That's right, folks. Free 99, a free 90-minute consultation to explore how Longhorn Wealth can help you develop and maximize your tax fee and tax efficient financial future. So please give John Donovan and his Longhorn Wealth team a call at 972-707-4900. That's 972-707-4900 or visit longhornwealth.net. That's longhornwealth.net. All right, CJ, I appreciate the time as always, man. Uh, you were great. And next week on Talking Ball, hopefully uh, we're talking about some good news for the Longhorns. Uh, more guys deciding to stay, but something tells me we'll be talking about more news about Longhorns deciding that they're going to declare for the NFL draft, which is also Absolutely. good news, by the way. That's good yeah. news, too. Development at an all-time high, baby. <laughs> yeah, no kidding. I'm looking forward to it, Rod. This, ooh, a lot, <laughs> excuse me, a lot going on with Texas football right now, and, man, it's a fun time uh, coming off the Sugar Bowl run, heading into the SEC. Yep, no doubt. See, CJ, I all choked up about it, man. Getting emotional. Yeah. Jordan Whittington's <laughs> video got me, man. That's what it is. <laughs> That's real. All right, guys. Until next week, for my man CJ and for myself, uh, thank you guys for watching and uh, hook them.